0: It's so hot here. So I have the fan running because um, the air can be a little bit noisy. So I hope it's not disruptive. Let's go ahead and get into it for today's topic. We're going to be talking about how poor decisions cost you your job. Very important topic. Uh, You probably can see a theme with what I'm covering this week, being that a lot of the things that I'm talking about are things that when I go into organizations and have to help them kind of Fixed departments, whether it be through leadership development or through operational issues. These are the number one things that get people fired and they usually are blindsided. These are people that have been very competent in their career and then they meet this certain challenge in a certain role and then they find themselves struggling and don't really know why. So this is why we're covering the topics that we are covering this week. So again, today's topic is all about how poor decisions cost you your job as leaders as we progress through our different roles in the organization or for some of you you may actually be a CEO or entrepreneur in healthcare so as you progress your accountability and your responsibilities increase and the decisions that you make start to hold a certain amount of weight, right? There's a different amount of weight between being a lead, between being a charge nurse, between being a medical director, a chief nurse, um, a CEO, right? They all hold different weight. And the choices that we make in leadership roles, they don't only impact ourselves. They usually impact several other things or several other people as well, right? And especially in healthcare, when we're dealing with people's lives at stake, right? If you make poor decisions, you cause your organization negative outcomes, and these negative outcomes aren't just, like I said, the outcomes that happen in the delivery of whatever type of healthcare you are delivering, but it also causes a financial impact to your organization to other people within your organization that you lead. And it can also, worst case scenario, impact your ability to provide for yourself or your family. I have seen it before. And again, I have seen it by the time it happens, you're often blindsided. So in today's episode, we're discussing how poor decisions cost you your job. For those of you that are just joining in, because they're starting to build a little momentum with this, uh, with these lessons, my name is Yashika. I'm the founder and CEO of the land Group. My personal mission is to help leaders lead with impact and do it in a way that's less stressful. However, with the whole land Group, we also not only work with leadership development, but we also work with top organizations all over the world to dramatically improve their health care. Operations. So I want to jump right in and discuss this number one issue that I see that causes leaders and my clients to make poor decisions. And it's going to surprise you because um, you may think that this is not a hindrance, but here, here it goes. It's relying on your past knowledge. We put so much weight on experience, experience, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about why experience could be a bad thing. As skilled leaders, we're often promoted up the ranks due to our performance in our past roles with little deep consideration for if we have the competencies that it takes to excel in a new role. And this is a mistake that the leaders that are promoting us make, but it's also a mistake that we make on our own accord. We think that because we rocked it in our last job, when we get to this next job, we're going to be able to rock it as well. Not true. I go over this a little bit more in um, our free ebook. So if you want it, at the end of this, there will be a phone number on the screen. You can text it or Instagram. I'll make sure that I um, give you that phone number to get a copy of the ebook. Um, and while I'm absolutely not saying that your past experience does not bode well in your new position, I'm not saying that at all. You do need to bring your experience to your new job. But if you are solely relying on it in new levels of leadership that this could be the kiss of doom. Your experiences like I highlighted in the beginning of this discussion as a medical director are very, very different. Than say of a CEO, and your failure to understand that new levels bring new decision-making skills, or you'll have to learn new skills and new decision-making skills, is um, uh, is probably the number one reason why I see people in jeopardy of losing their job when it comes to decision-making. You you can read research because you know we like to be evidence-based here. You can read research that absolutely your experiences hardwire neural pathways in your brain so that as a leader in a new position, you're able to make decisions in unfamiliar circumstances a little bit faster and sometimes a little bit better. Well, not better, not better. You're able to just make sense of things that you may not have encountered in the past. So again, your past experience does help you out. However, I want you to think about this. So if you have been hardwired to think in a certain way, because maybe uh, you have previous skills or been a leader in a different position, then you know how hard it is to rewire these neural pathways to think and move and act and fire off in a different way. And If the way you've known things or the way that things have been hardwired are not applicable to what you're doing now, where you're doing it now, um, and how you need to do it in your current role, then I want you to think about how that could be detrimental to things just almost firing on autopilot subconsciously without you even really taking the time to think about it. Do you know how long it takes to rewire new pathways, the new pathways that you may need to actually feel comfortable, confident and do it in a fast way in your um, new job? It takes a minimum if you're on a point of about two months. So if you are going into these new roles, using your past experiences, relying on those neural pathways that have already been carved out for you, then you aren't stretching yourself. Out of what feels comfortable. And sometimes because of this, your decisions they lack perspective, they lack depth, they lack creativity, and they lack innovation. And we all know that you could be a good leader and rely on your past, and you could get to a certain point before you fall flat on your face. But to be a great leader, those things that I just said: perspective, depth, creativity, innovation. Are the things that you're going to be able to have to tap into to be not only a great leader, but to be a great leader, to be a good leader in these times where things are ever changing. When you are relying on past experience, it can interfere with your reasoning because when you're considering the facts of certain things, you tend to have this um, this bias toward again, like I said, what it is that you already know, and you unconsciously miss out on other pieces of information or other perspective that can help you make better decisions. You also sometimes think that you already know how to deal with the situation. And so you often end up taking shortcuts instead of really taking the time that you need to do um, research to um, look into a problem more thoroughly. If something has changed, uh, and change can be subtle, right? Change could be that change from being a a manager to a director, or it could be a a change from working in this environment to that environment, or with this team to that team. If anything has changed, then your experience may get in the way of you considering these new elements that are impacting the problem or thing that you need to make decisions about. Um, basically all of these things, if you wanted to say them succinctly, basically you are a, a closed minded leader and you're leading with a closed mind and that's never the right thing to do in leadership. Also. If you are working with different people with different perspectives and different experience levels, everyone may have different ideas about what's right and what's wrong. And it doesn't mean that you're right. It doesn't mean that they're right. But what it does is um, it closes a door for, a, like I said, a more creative and more enriching discussion or considerations before you make decisions. So. This is interesting because you can have some very competent people in your organization on your team. You yourself could be very competent, but as a whole, especially organizations that I've been to where a lot of people have worked together for many years or they've been promoted up the ranks, they end up being very stagnant. They uh, don't want to change because they think that what they're doing works. And they end up, when you look at the peers and um, their peers in healthcare that are a little bit more innovative and a little bit more diverse, and diverse doesn't have to mean race, everybody, but with a little more diversity, these organizations end up being status quo because they rely on experience, which is why um, they have to then call in people like me that have these fresh and different perspectives to help them to get themselves out of the stagnant situations. So that's the first and it's the most common reason why your poor decisions can cost you your job is because you're relying too much on your experience. But here's another reason that we'll go over today. And it's the fact that you make decisions due to your lack of circular vision. And that's a kind of a trendy word right now. Um, So another way that you can think about circular vision is big picture thinking it is seeing opportunities. It's about looking past the obvious and learn, learning how to anticipate what's needed. I once did a presentation for Kaiser, and it was about embracing what's called an entrepreneurial spirit within your organization. So not entrepreneur. You can still be innovative and look for problems and solutions within your own organization that will make you entrepreneurial, which um, most, a lot of people with circular vision, they have the skill to be able to do that. They can manage things before they become a crisis, not just being good in a crisis. We always pat ourselves on the back when we get through a crisis, but how about being more circular oriented so that we can anticipate crises before they become trouble? So, um, that's the second thing I want you to think about. that's self-explanatory, but if you have um, kind of been a, a person that makes decisions without thinking of it, like it's your organization what needs to be fixed? how how can you add value? how can you fix problems? How can you be more creative to make things better in your organization even though you're not the CEO or the boss, then this is something that can help you make better decisions. And then the third thing that I see most common, It's people that can't make decisions. They just don't do it, Um, especially tough decisions, right? A lot of times, if it's an easy decision, we're okay with that. Should we spend $400 on this? Yeah, sure, whatever. But do I have to go in here and tell the team that they're going to have to work overtime because there's a lot on our plate, even though we're already burned out? No, so I'm going to avoid that, right? Right. So leaders that don't make decisions are probably the number two. So the circular vision is usually what I see in stagnant organizations or um, like if you want to go to the next level and you're not not getting promoted or you know you're getting passed over, that may be a reason why, um, especially if you want to get into higher leadership roles. But the n- second reason that I see for leaders l- losing their job is that they just, refuse to make decisions. And so it can usually be due to your lack of confidence. Um, The second reason is because maybe you hate conflict. Um, And, you know, sometimes when you have to make tough decisions, you may get pushback or you may have to cause a little bit of conflict on your team. But either way, by not making decisions, you're ruining not only your team, but your organization and uh, also like I say, your own career at that. Problems rarely get smaller just because you, you know, you. T- when you are trying to solve problems and you have to make a decision and you let more time pass, the problem or thing that you have to deal with doesn't get smaller. So your inability to make decisions in a timely manner could cause loss of respect for yourself Sometimes if it impacts outcomes, it can cause a lack of respect for your organization. It can cause turmoil on your team, loss of time and money. And of course, what I keep harping on, the loss of your job. So, That could be just not making decisions right, putting your head in the sand, but you also may be somebody that tends to overanalyze and overthink and have anxiety about making decisions. And this is not cool as well, because I've also seen many smart, capable leaders lose their job because they want to research the hell out of something, but fail to act on anything. They want one one more piece of information. They want to look at one more statistic. They want to make sure they cross all the T's. And by the time they get to where they need to get, they haven't done anything at all. So think about that. While you have other leaders that, yes, they may make mistakes along the way, but they're making decisions. They're at least trying. They're getting stuff done. They're being creative. At least they're doing something. You might be smart. You may have all the research, but if you haven't done anything to add value all you've done is become a resource in a library um, for a whole bunch of information, but you haven't added any value. So it just doesn't fly. So two solutions today quickly on what you could do about it. Number one, if you are someone that suffers from poor decision making because you just feel like you can't make a decision, you need more information, you overanalyze everything, then you need to put yourself on a deadline. You need to understand that you're not perfect you're not going to get everything right all the time but if you don't do thing or if you do anything or if you spend too much time thinking about um, the things you need to make decisions on that doesn't help either and there's research that i read i don't remember where i read it from that states that um good leaders make just as many bad decisions as good decisions. So they're not perfect, but at least they're out there. At least they're trying versus you not doing anything. So, um, rarely does the overanalyzing get you anywhere. And, and And this is research proven. If the more research that you do, it doesn't always lead to a better decision. So just you may think that you're doing yourself a service or it may put you in a comfort zone, especially if you don't have confidence in what you're doing. But in all actuality, research shows that you actually end up making worse decisions than if you had kind of made the decision a little bit faster. So put yourself on a deadline. Of course, do your due diligence. Look at the consequences of your decision. You don't want to make fast decisions on things that could be detrimental, but After you've done all that, give yourself a deadline to take a stance, because as a leader, you need to learn how to have a little bit of conviction about something, right? Or else you're not a leader, you're a follower. Um, And then the number two thing, so this is for those of you that maybe are just, you're not scared to make a decision, but you don't make really good decisions. I mentioned it in our previous discussions, and I'm going to mention it here again, because it's very important. You are not on an island alone as a leader. There is help within your organization and people that you can tap into that are skilled in things that you may not be skilled in. and That could be that person that um, you could tap into and learn from that is cool and calm and collects it and makes good, rational decisions. Maybe they think things through a little bit better. Maybe they have more experience in different levels or have been where you have and have done it successfully you need to learn how to tap into each other and learn from each other. Because while it may make you feel incompetent to be able to ask for help, at the end of the day, If you are trying to add value to your organization and be a good leader, then your primary purpose is you all working toward a same mission and a same vision. And if you're threatened by that, then you need to examine your scarcity mindset around why you don't feel comfortable tapping into someone else on your team, joining up on your team, and you guys becoming more powerful because you work together. So and I would recommend when you when you identify this person on your team as or you know another leader that you can tap into don't go to them only when you need a problem start to tap into them before you have a problem build a relationship with them because not only can they help you talk through and make decisions, but you can also maybe learn something from them and what they are doing that's right. So you can learn the skill that they have and um, become a better decision maker and not just rely on them. If you don't have anybody like this in your organization, I'm going to uh, assume two things. I'm either going to assume that you're lying and you're just too scared to tap into somebody because there's always somebody that that's this person, even if they seem a little rusty around the edges. Or I'm going to say that you work in a toxic, extremely toxic environment. If you can't find out one person in your organization that you can tap into. And if that's the case and you're not able to leave that, then the second thing that you need to consider, like some of my clients have to do, is you need to get help, invest in help. That's what people like me are for. So, I'm gonna leave you with those two takeaways that you can start to put into action right away. The deadlines you can even use in your personal life. If you overanalyze, should you buy this car? Should you move over here? Should you uh, get a new house? Put yourself on a deadline. And the other thing is to tap into other people that are better decision makers. Makers in certain instances than you are. Oh, I'm a little tongue tied. (laughs) Anyway, so I would like to hear your thoughts or comments that you have related to today's topic. Make sure you spread the word. We will be here tomorrow, same time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you want reminders, then make sure you text the word leadership to the phone number 833 231 4407. That is also the number that you can text if you want to get more tips via the ebook that I was talking about earlier. And tomorrow's topic, also another good, interesting, juicy one. We're going to cover another one of the top reasons that you might struggle in leadership. Um, I'm going to leave it a little bit of a cliffhanger, but again, I'm going to give you everything you need to know so you don't have to struggle in leadership anymore. Also, if there's something that you need help with or you want me to cover, make sure that you leave a comment in a comment box uh, because I also want to hear what you want to talk about. And I can um, put that on our um, schedule to talk about something that you may need help with as well. All right, talk to you tomorrow. Bye.